Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 23 of Revelation chapter 3, and we're going to be reading from verse 10. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. And we just began to look at this verse um, the last time we had a study. And uh, and, and we're going to, um, Lord willing, um, have a better understanding of this by the time we're, we're done looking at it. But let's look at the first part of verse 10. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience. Now, this is referring to the true believers that were in Philadelphia or that were found within the churches and congregations throughout the period of the church age. And the Lord is saying that they kept the word of his patience. And we we are curious, well, why does God speak of the gospel, the Bible? Obviously, that's what it's referring to. That's the word of God. Why does he speak of it as the word of his patience? And it's interesting when we um, turn to a place like in Luke chapter 8 and read the parable of the sower. It says in um, verse 11, I'll start reading there in verse 11 of Luke 8. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they, which when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell among thorns are they, which when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. And uh, here we we have the same two elements that are in our verse, uh, as concerning the seed, the word of God, that falls on the good ground, which is being likened to an honest and good heart. Now, first of all, um, tell me, who has an honest and good heart? If um, you're looking at all the world and all the people of the world, who would you say has an honest and good heart of themselves? And the answer is no one. None is righteous. None is good, the Bible tells us. No, not one. Everyone has a desperately wicked and deceitful heart, not an honest and a good heart. But here God is uh, speaking of someone who he has saved and and he has saved them through the hearing of his word. He gives them this new born again heart and and therefore they hear the word and keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. So we we have those same two elements. They kept the word, 
and they bring forth fruit with patience. It's the word of God's patience. That's the word of God, the Bible, that we read. It's the word of patience. Isn't that a very interesting way of referring to the scripture? The word of patience. God is uh, certainly uh, giving us some insight into the nature of his gospel, into the nature of his word. And if it's the word of his patience, then certainly believers that believe that word also identify with patience. And and that's exactly what God does say. He strongly relates patience to salvation. In Luke chapter 21, the Lord says in verse 19, In your patience possess ye your souls. And there, that's a strong identification between patience and a person's soul. And of course, that, that means their eternal state, their salvation. If you could be patient and according to the Bible's definition of patience, not the world's, but according to God's understanding of what he means by patience, then you possess your soul in that. And in other words, if you have patience, which of course ultimately would point to Jesus, if you have Jesus, then you have possession of your soul, you have a, a eternal life and, and all the blessings that accompany it. But if you lack patience, if patience is is a problem for you, and again, not the world's idea of patience, the, the world will will say to people after they've put up with uh, uh, some difficulties in their life for a period of time, normally a very short period of time, oh, you're such a patient person. And then a week later, that same person is flying off the handle because the problem has dragged on a little bit further. No, not the world's idea of patience, but God's idea of patience, of waiting on him faithfully enduring the test enduring the time of trial and affliction and not going away notice the seed that was sown in in these other cases in verse 12 those by the wayside are they that hear then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts lest they should believe and be saved they on the rock are they which when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation, fall away. And, uh, you know, that's what we're uh, interested in, uh, especially because it says in our verse, in Revelation 3.10, it mentions, I will keep thee from the hour of temptation. And here it's referring to a time of temptation and these people who initially believed and were joyful, if you would have spoken to them at first or in the early stages of their hearing the gospel, well, they they would have been just rejoicing and and they would have been just saying how wonderful 
the the true gospel is and how wonderful these doctrines are that God has opened up to us. It, isn't it amazing that he has given us the biblical calendar of history and has unsealed his word at the time of the end? Isn't it incredible that he has revealed that the annihilation and and things such as uh, Jesus slain from the foundation of the world and judgment day itself. And isn't it wonderful that the Lord has opened up scriptures concerning the end of the church age? Yes, you could discuss these things with these people who had the word of God sown upon their hearts. And, and you would have thought, well, God has really done a great work of salvation in in these people look at the joy look at the zeal look at how uh, wonderfully encouraged they are they they love the word of god they love his truth they love these end time doctrines that the lord has reserved to feed his people during the day of great tribulation as he sends forth the latter rain and yes they would have given every indication and appearance of being true believers. But times of testing come, and actually those doctrines themselves were tests. And as each doctrine opened up, a few here and a few there, well, they they couldn't abide. They, they couldn't endure the test. Uh, they held on to their uh, pet doctrine, their their traditional understanding of hell or they they just wouldn't humble themselves to the idea that the Lord Jesus died for sin and making payment from the foundation of the world and not at the cross it uh it just didn't sit right with them and so God began to test even then and yes he did with the opening of the scriptures and the unsealing of his word and the revelation of truth that had long been sealed up until the time of the end and this one and that one fell away but of course God kept in uh, one last great test for the day of judgment itself which he brought to pass on May 21 2011 as uh, he did reveal the date for the beginning of Judgment Day and had that declared to all the world. Yet the Lord did not reveal all the information concerning how that judgment would take place. He uh, did not reveal that it would be a spiritual judgment. And this was kept in reserve in order to bring Judgment Day is a snare upon all the inhabitants of the earth and to especially set up a time of severe testing throughout the day of judgment, which could perhaps be 1600 days in length. There's a good possibility of that. And 1600 days breaks down to 40 times 40. The number 40 It has everything to do with testing, with trial. And and now on the day of judgment, God intends to try the faith of those outside the churches and congregations. He already tried them within when he opened up information during 
the judgment which began at the house of God during the period of the Great Tribulation by commanding them to leave their church. And the test was, would they obey him? Would they listen to him? Or would they remain and fail the test? And and so the churches did overwhelmingly fail the test. And the inhabitants, the members of the congregation, overwhelmingly failed the test. A few, God gave grace and they humbled themselves and they came out. And they did listen to him on that point. But concerning all those outside the the churches and congregations that professed to be his people, the Lord had a final test for them. And that is what the day of judgment is dealing with concerning the true believers or those that claim to be true believers. Judgment day is not punishment for God's elect, of course, It is a time of trial for them. And yet, uh, some claim to be God's elect, and they are not. Therefore, the trial will reveal it. And the fire of the day of the Lord will burn the true believers. But since spiritually they are likened to gold, silver, and precious stones, they will survive. They will come through and be better and purified spiritually. No harm will come to them at all. However, those that are not true believers are like wood, hay, and stubble. And when fire is put to to them, they are burned up. It, It is that their tests will reveal that they're actually in the day of punishment. Their trial will reveal that they're under the wrath of God, that God is punishing them during this period of time, as well as all the other unsaved of the earth. But you see, the time of temptation, the time of testing, will reveal these things. And so God here uh, is indicating this is normally the case, that uh, a period of trial or testing or temptation is applied to the one's that hear the word of God, and and God has always done this at all times throughout all generations when he brings his word to people. Many are called, but few are chosen. Many cannot endure the word of God. They cannot endure identifying for a prolonged period of time, and, and that is from the time they hear until the end, the end of their life or the end of their world, they cannot endure the affliction that arises for the word's sake because affliction always arises for the word's sake. This has been the uh, normal circumstances all throughout the world's history. It's why Jesus said, In the world ye will have tribulation. Because he was fully aware of that. You cannot uh, have relationship and personal identification with the word of God and avoid tribulation and affliction and the difficulties that accompany it. Because the world hates the light of the gospel. They hate the Lord Jesus Christ. The spiritual forces are set against the kingdom of God, 
and the Lord and his people. And when we identify with truth, then all of those forces and the world itself are then uh, going to come against us in one degree or another. And the the time of temptation will increase. If anyone is not truly a child of God, the test will be applied to them. God will make sure of it, and it will become evident. They will fail the test of the true gospel. They will go after some other doctrine. They will go after um, something that adds or subtracts from the word of God. They that it will be evident that what they believe is not the truth of God's word. And and so patience has everything to do with the gospel, everything to do with the word of God, the Bible. It is waiting on the Lord and enduring these trials and afflictions and tribulations, enduring the great tribulation, enduring now, presently, the testing of the day of judgment for God's elect, waiting, continuing to patiently wait on the Lord and to see the fruit that comes forth. Now, uh, fruit can be personal for each individual as the fruit of the Spirit develops in us and and fruit becomes uh, seen in our lives as God works it out. And then there's also the fruit of God's salvation plan. And like uh, today, we're waiting. As God has told us, he has saved the great multitude. Well, we're waiting. We're waiting to see fruit. We're hoping, oh, Lord, could it be that that um, my family member was saved by you? And, and we're praying still, and we're waiting for fruit to develop and and so on with uh, this is the case uh, with um, just waiting for the Lord to bring forth that great multitude in this world. We must wait for him to gather the precious fruit in that sense until the last day of the day of judgment. Well, let's go back to Revelation 3 and verse 10. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth now again we have uh, a question that we need answering and that is when exactly is the hour of temptation which period in god's times and seasons is this referring to is it referring to the church age is it referring to any time at all? Is it referring to the Great Tribulation period? Or is it referring to our present day of judgment? Is is this the hour of temptation? And we're helped with a couple of statements in this verse to pinpoint exactly what is in view. For instance, in uh, Revelation chapter 17... It says in verse 12, And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. And 
This is helpful because it's speaking of Satan's rule as the beast during the time of great tribulation. And it also refers to these ten horns, which which are spoken of as ten kings. And they also have identification with the great tribulation period. So the period of one hour with the beast is speaking of the great tribulation, which lasted for 23 years from May 21 of 1988. That's when the church age ended and the great tribulation began. And the uh, conclusion, May 21, 2011, an exact 23 years later, ended the great tribulation period. And we are now in those days after that tribulation, the day of judgment. And so the one hour with the beast identifies with the great tribulation. Well, it says in Revelation 18, speaking of the judgment upon Babylon, it says in verse 9, And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. Now, the um, translation of this last statement is not as good as it could have been. It actually is past tense. If you can look in uh, the interlinear to see this, the word come should be translated as came. In one hour, your judgment came because Babylon is a picture of Satan's kingdom. Historically, Babylon assaulted Judah, destroyed Jerusalem, took the Jews captive. And and that was a picture of Satan's assault against the churches and congregations as he reigned as the beast for one hour. So Babylon ruled for one hour spiritually. That's the figure God is using. And now in Revelation 18, it's the time of judgment upon Babylon at the end of the hour of the Great Tribulation, the end of Babylon's rule in which they were victorious. Now Babylon is being destroyed. And and so the statement is made, alas, alas, or woe, woe, that great city, Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour your judgment came. That is, at the end of the hour, the judgment of God, the wrath of God came upon Babylon. It's why Isaiah 13 starts out in that chapter speaking of the judgment on the world the burden of Babylon, and then God goes on to describe the day of punishment, the day of vengeance regarding pouring out his wrath, the cup of his indignation upon the unsaved inhabitants of the world. That is the burden of Babylon, and and Babylon is being judged once the hour came. In one hour your judgment came. 
It, it, that is, after the hour has passed. And, and so we see in Revelation 3.10 that the reference to the hour of temptation is referring to the hour uh, of great tribulation. And that's why Revelation 8.1 refers to silence in heaven about the space of half an hour because the first part of the great tribulation, which is likened to an hour itself, the whole, uh, the first part of 2300 evening mornings, God was virtually saving no one anywhere. And so there was silence in heaven, no joy of salvation. And so he uses again that figure of an hour. And now in Revelation 3:10, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, the hour of testing. And yes, the great tribulation was a time of testing. The people of the Lord believe him when he opened up the Bible. Would they believe the things that he revealed concerning these amazing truths that had long been hidden for centuries and sealed up in uh, the word of God uh, regarding, again, the end of the church age? And so it was a test put to all those within the congregations. Will you believe God? And again, the vast majority did not believe him and failed the test. And and the failure of that test meant they were bundled as tares for the burning. It It led to their destruction as the possibility of passing the test by listening to God and coming out of the church could have placed them in a situation where perhaps the Lord might have saved them. And and so on. There was also a test for the people of the world during the time of the Great Tribulation. And, well, what was that test? That test came when God revealed from his word the very date for the Day of Judgment. May 21, 2011. That date came forth as a result of intense study into the word of God as as the Lord opened up the calendar of history and showed interrelationships between important uh, events in biblical history and with our modern calendar. For instance, the, the time of the flood was revealed to be 4990 B.C. And the 2 Peter 3 statement Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing was opened up to the understanding of God's people that one day would be as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. And so when the Lord said to Noah, yet seven days and I'll bring the flood, the Lord opened up the understanding of his people to realize that God was actually saying yet seven thousand years and he would bring about the day of judgment for the world and he would shut the door not of the ark but of heaven as the ark typified the safety of christ and salvation and so it was on the 17th day of the second month of the hebrew calendar may 21 in the year 2011 that seven thousand years from the flood god shut the door And he broadcast this to all the world, to all the nations, that they might hear. And each one that did hear 
was put to the test. Yes, the inhabitants of the earth were tried at that point and tested. Would they believe God? Would they believe the word of God, the Bible, as he was forewarning them and encouraging them to go to him, crying out before the day came and the decree came to pass? And we know that the overwhelming vast majority of those in the world likewise did not believe God and likewise failed the test. 